Manny, how's it going today? It's going great. If only people could be your Facebook friend as well, we could all get the inside quotes on the Turkish too. Oh, man. Yeah, so for people who follow me on social media, you know that about 40% of my time is esports, about 60% of my time is radical politics. So I apologize <laughs> in advance to anyone who voluntarily follows me. Um, speaking of, before we get into the fun parts of the conversation, did you, did you watch any of the Republican National Convention on Twitch? What did you think of that? You know, I, I briefly watched it. I, I had a bunch of work to get out last night. But I, I was more just surprised at some of the, the lack of the viewership numbers. I just expected a little bit higher. But it got a little, you know, it got a little into swamp-type politics. There wasn't much you got out of it. But, you know, I checked back in after everything had sort of ended. And you actually got some meaningful conversation around it. But, you know, you see Twitch sort of expanding into so many different areas. So I think... You know, you're going to continue to see more stuff like sword making in the forest and competitive food eating and and uh, political conventions. Just seeing Twitch chat live respond to Rick Perry may be the best thing I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. As someone who's a big politic, I'm waiting for for Twitch to flip the switch on politics content because I'm there with two politics shows the day they do that. Um, okay, all right. So let's talk about what we really wanted to talk about, though, and that is what's been going on in the world of esports business the past couple of weeks. So the first thing and what we want to talk about right away, of course, was Evo was on ESPN2 over the weekend. On Twitch, the Street Fighter V finals were pulling in about 200,000 concurrent viewers. And on ESPN, it seems like it was about the same, about 200,000 concurrent, or I'm sorry, 200,000 total viewers, I apologize. 147,000, I think, were pulling from that key uh, age demographic. So uh, just talk to us a a little bit about what you saw and how this compares to some other things we've seen on TV. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, let's give a big shout out and kudos to the guys that organized Evo. I mean, you know, this is like a truly grassroots, you know, esports type event. And, you know, when I looked at actually the growth of Evo, you know, just a couple of years ago, you're talking in 2013, you had less than 4,000 participants. But now to have almost 15,000 participants in that short amount of time, that 400% growth is huge to have an event based in Vegas, to have it shown on ESPN2. Um, you know, a huge, huge uh, congratulations to the team that, that worked on Evo and has been working on it, you know, for a long time. But, you know, getting into the numbers, you know, Kevin, you and I, you know, talked about this, you know, last week or previously, and we've alluded to it in the fact that, you know, we believe that the fighting genre, you know, would perform better for a newer audience. And again, you know, with the usual qualifications, of that it was, you know, just one data point and one fighting genre that was showed on ESPN so far, you know, the numbers were pretty astonishing. You know, you're talking mm -hmm. that, you know, 147,000 in the key uh, demographic of 1849, I mean, pretty much beat, you know, the majority of E-League out of, you know, the, the week two uh, spike that we saw and the week seven sort of anomaly with the one-hour recorded show. So I think that's pretty amazing just to see, you know, again, Street Fighter and ESPN, those numbers right off the bat. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, what stood out to me a couple of things was that the production itself 
didn't give you a lot of context into the rest of the events. That was something that was very surprising to me. I guess I expected this to be packaged very much like a, hey guys, we probably expect that some of you tuning in haven't seen this before. I didn't expect them to dumb down the content. I very much expected them to present it organically and authentically, but I was shocked that there wasn't a, I guess, more considerable amount of, here's what's happened in this tournament. This is why it's important. This is why Evo's big. Here's why we're covering it. I didn't really get any of that, which I guess is fine. That's the way ESPN covers most stuff, but it felt like it was, I don't know. It just felt odd to me. Did you get that same kind of impression? You know, I think any other, you know, one thing is we have been a little bit spoiled by, you know, several weeks of E-League now, right? I mean, E-League, the production value and the amount of effort they go back into the storytelling, you know, what's happened in the previous weeks and what's happening to the teams and the stats. I think it's been pretty astonishing. So I don't know all the work and the time that you know the ESPN and crew had the time to put on the production, but yes, I did feel it was lacking there. But I think you know we we've had you know some just great production value that Turner's put on. And it's interesting that you went right to the production value, you know, after the viewership. The other side that I was going to look at it is that you know for me, if you look at you know the final sort of event, you kind of had you know two guys sitting around these rickety chairs and on an old TV. It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't that great of a production value, let's be honest. But with that being said, you know, what I addressed right after with E-League start is, you know, Turner's invested, you know, millions into the E-League and, you know, they hit a home run. It looks absolutely beautiful, the stage and everything. The production value is solid. So now when you look at, you know, what happened on Sunday, and you look at some of the viewership numbers, the question goes back to, does it, I think it can be better and it will be better for 2017, but does it really need to be as extra sharp to draw some of the viewership? Now, some of that could come back to Sunday night. Some of that could come back to the fighting genre and Street Fighter. But, you know, I think that's a question that needs to be asked. Totally, totally. I agree with you. And I, so I want to ask one more thing about Evo then uh, before we move on to a couple of the articles that uh, that you put up as well. And I have to comment on video production. I'm a video producer. Like, it's the first thing I see. I have to. I can't, like, escape it. So when I see, like, it looks like a solid half acre of tan behind everyone in the shot before you get to the crowd, it bugs me a little bit. It bugs me just a little bit. All right. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, though, is that my suspicion was that fighting games would actually do very well on TV, uh, given the fact that the games are a little bit inherently easier to understand because anyone who's watched combat sports before will just get it, watching two people beat each other up on screen. What I thought was very interesting was that Counter-Strike currently has a live audience of millions for major events. Street Fighter does not. Street Fighter up to this point has had about two to 300,000 people, yet it pulled in similar numbers to Counter-Strike on TV. Do you think that this is more due to the fact that this is just the existing baseline viewership for these networks and that's what they would have gotten anyway? Or is this something else? Or you know, like a, it, it, Yeah, you know, it, it's tough again because we have we have so little data to work on but you know i think with some of the data points we have there's a couple of things that i could say you know i didn't look at uh, i haven't checked against the overall numbers but i did a brief look at just what was going on sunday sunday overall in the sports world so if you look at for example uh the major league baseball i think it was the cubs game that was on tbs at 2 p.m you know it actually outdrew major league baseball from an 18 to 49 perspective so i think that's that's pretty amazing after some of, you know, some of the pro basketball leagues as well. So, you know, I think that's, that's, that's pretty shocking. Now, going back to Counter-Strike, you know, I'm, I'm just a little confused at some of the Counter-Strike numbers for the last couple of weeks because sure. week seven, the bye week, it was a one-hour recorded show. Now, again, it goes back to 
you're in the Friday night graveyard, you're going from 10 to 2, how long can you sustain that viewership? So maybe an hour show at that time does work better. So that's one thing. And then you look at week 8 when you had, um, you know, the, the playoffs qualification for that, you had some of the lowest ratings around for E-League so far when you'd expect E-League to pick up. So, you know, and I don't know, just some of the issues with, with Counter-Strike and the gambling, I don't honestly think it's going to affect the ratings just yet, but there's been a lot of said with Counter-Strike, and there's just been a lot of Counter-Strike programming. So to see something new like Street Fighter, I think the newness factor is good. And you, you I think you saw that with Madden, too, so sort of being announced a day before and for Madden to draw um, similar numbers to what E-League has done uh, today mm-hmm. uh, it shows you the appetite for new content. Definitely. And we even had, uh, it was funny, we had someone on Twitter, at DFs on Twitter, said uh, they didn't even show the player cams during the SF5 match uh, in regards to the production as well. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right, we're here with Manny Anikal, of course, who we're talking about his uh, series on Medium.com that you can read called The Next Level, in which we discuss uh, what's going on on the business side of esports. And uh, so I want to touch on a couple other things here. And uh, your most recent article was called Why Twitter Will Move Into Esports. So before I even, like, ask you questions about your article why will twitter move into esports <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting i as i've been looking at a few media companies that i believe will come into the space and there's another big one that i'm going to write about i think it's fairly obvious just based on what we're talking about and it's not going to be a big conjecture to draw that line but for twitter you know for me it just comes back to live video they have they've done so many deals and as a matter of fact i wrote that this morning and a couple and about an hour later they announced their deal with the NBA to have access to some of their, their games next season. I believe it's just some of the pregame um, content, not the actual games. But you talk about the NBA deal. There's rumors to be getting into MLS. Uh, they signed a deal with the Pac-12. So, you know, where social media and just general content, especially on mobile, goes forward, live video is key. So when you talk about live video and sports, they've already kind of locked up the NFL the Thursday night games you're getting into what's the content that's left. So I think eSports obviously fits that bill just from the requirement of, hey, it's live video, and I think it works very well to view it on, on a mobile experience. So take that further, you know, the audience is already there. I mean, you know, Kevin, you're very active on Twitter, and mm-hmm. anyone in the eSports space is very active on Twitter. And I think that has to do with the fact where Twitter grew from about, you know, seven, eight years ago and sort of the growth of this space and the fact that, you know, the streamers on Twitch and the YouTubers use Twitter to be their primary notification device, it works very well with that audience. And, you know, one thing for me is interesting, I thought, the notion of gamer score, where, you know, you had, we hit 1 million followers on Twitter and it becomes a big deal, and I think that makes sense. And I think, you know, gamers, we, we do like to, to brag about things, and that notion of your initials at an arcade back in the day, it takes the sure. place. So, I think, you know, between the mobile, the audience being there, uh, the esports athletes and teams being on the platform already, and just Twitter's need for live video, I, I'm almost guaranteed you're going to see some analysis for them in the space very soon. I would hope so, because it seems like they're struggling in that regard. You draw comparisons in the article against Facebook and such that, uh, you know, we've talked in depth. Facebook has gone all in on live video, so it seems pretty clear to me that Twitter needs to play catch-up here. And Facebook, again, it just seems a little ahead of the game. They've already hired their esports department. Yes, they're a different medium than what Twitter represents, but they'll still, at the end of the day, kind of accomplish similar goals in social media. So, uh, I don't know. It could be interesting. 
Uh, okay, so the last thing that then I want to ask you about is uh, <laughs> so something you brought up in your last uh, uh, your last article, uh, the two multi-billion dollar uh, media companies entering esports. You talked about Rocket League getting packs, getting crates, getting unlockables. They made it very clear right out of the gates that no, 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 we're not going to allow this to get tied into the Steam marketplace. We're not going to allow you to trade these. This won't become a gambling thing. But in general, I think you make an allusion to this has been a really common theme. It's happening in Halo. It's going on in Rocket League. It's obviously been successful in Dota and Counter-Strike. Is this the new monetization wave of the future? You know, I I think, you know, to, to be perfectly honest, I think it's better for the athletes and the teams going forward as long as, you know, we can set some restrictions on any sort of third-party gambling or monetization or, sure. or economies that occur outside of the game. You know, I talked to a lot of the, the Call of Duty guys, and, you know, they really for a long time wanted Activision to put in, you know, player-funded prizes or things where players can, you know, contribute or go back to the overall tournament prize pool, which ultimately leads to the teams and ultimately gets to the players. So, you know, for me, is you know, people still, you know, they look at these large numbers of, you know, League of Legends is during the NBA, oh, that's a terrible stat, and, you know, these multi-billion dollar comparisons get thrown around. But, you know, unless you're a top team, and even if you are one, it's still these prize pools and these major tournaments, which are funding pretty much your existence um, in this industry, which is a lot of hard work today. So I think... You know, as long as it could be made reasonable, you know, I think that, you know, it's an important, like, just a product and revenue stream for the athletes in the industry going forward. Now, I also think it's super interesting for Dota and the international where, based on my estimates for this year, I think it's going to be pretty much flat the last year at about somewhere around that 20 million mark. So that also tells you now is there fatigue where that was pretty much, Use you know user generated contribution where yeah. only, they only contribute about two million right and having the fans contribute the rest. What does it say about that? So I think it's, that's it's, interesting point too. It's not so novel anymore, though, right? Like, like it's just it, 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 once you're you're going to get to some point though where you're eventually going to hit the the ceiling of the the amount that your 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 uh, audience even has to spend. To be fair, I mean. I can't see this continuing to exponentially grow at 70 to 200% per year in price pool and stuff like that. So I think we're at that place now where it's just not sustainable to go much higher than where we are right now. So I'll flip this around. Last question to you then is, do price pools even matter in esports anymore? In terms of viewership, in terms of the quality of the game, three or four years ago, price pools dictated how important an event was. Do price pools actually mean anything anymore? You know, I, I think it's a very, very great point and a great question. I, I think, so, you know, three years ago, earlier when, you know, something like even a $100,000 prize pool, and you never even got some of the millions, like you see Madden and some of the, some of the new uh, tournaments or like the Vegas racing tournaments that are out there, you, you never had that. So I, I think, you know, it was much more meaningful. But now as you start to get into a little bit more, you know, hopefully a little bit more you know, organization within leagues and teams and constructs, and you're actually seeing, you know, now programs on TV and the ESPNs and Turner support that. I don't think it goes, I don't think it's as important, but still, you know, a million-dollar prize pool just still has a great ring to it, and it's just, it's a number that just works well in, in the economy and in headlines. So just from a press and marketing sense, I think it's all, all, that's all, always going to be fair. But I think overall, just the nature of prize pools and what that value was, was, was to your point, much more important a few years back, and now I think the organization and the brand and the league value have a lot more importance to play. 
Definitely. All right. I, I, I definitely agree with uh, a lot of what you had to say there. And if you want to check out more from Manny, check out his stuff on medium.com. You can find him as Manny on a call on there and check out his, uh, his newest esports series. Thanks so much. Uh, a pleasure to have you on uh, again and uh, sure. We'll have you on again soon. Uh, once some of these big tournaments starts, start hitting. Absolutely. Kevin, you have a great week. All right. Thanks so much, Manny. You have a good one too.